Hello out there in podcast land. Greetings to both of you. Greetings from the beyond. It's been a while. It's been a long time. We got kind of off schedule, mostly because of me. It's all right, Ken. I'm always here for you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that much. So you're Ken. I am Ken, and you're Jim. Still am, yeah. And this is still off the record. Yes, a vinyl podcast. Vinyl podcast. Absolutely. See, I picked up the pace with that one. You did? Yeah. You, you, were, you were on the mark. I think in one of the previous episodes, I was very slow to respond. <laughs> like, I didn't know the name of our own podcast. Like you were, like you were dead. Yeah. <laughs> Ken, uh, we're, we're doing our second remote podcast here. Second remote ever, yes. Tell us where we are. We are at uh, Groove Ground. Groove Ground. Is that a dance club? It, it could be. I mean, if we move the tables aside. Is it a record shop? You know, like grooves on the record? It's part record shop. It's part coffee shop. Oh, that's the ground part. That's the ground. Yes. I thought it was a dance hall where you can also get landscaping supplies. Get your groove on. (laughs) Groove ground. Yeah. Yes. They were nice enough to um, uh, allow us to do the uh, podcast here remotely. Uh, For which we are most appreciative. Most appreciative. I, I do have to say, I, I guess I do have to give the, uh, the disclaimer that I've, I have known them for a while. And, um, and so they still let you in here. They still let me in here. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I, I was expecting to come here finding a padlock on the door. Obviously, you put on a different face for the world than you put on for me. Of course. Nicer. More sane. Polite. Civic, Diplom- civ- diplomatic, even. Civ- Civic-minded. Yes. So, uh, but... Uh, I don't. I don't know who listens. Again, we, we really don't know what kind of listenership we have. Uh, it could be zero. It could be one. It's probably not more than that. But uh, wherever you are, if you are in the South Jersey area, specifically in the in the Collingswood area, Groove Ground, Haddon Avenue. If you like coffee, if you like music, it's a nice place to come to. It's a good place. Good people. It's a good place to have a conversation with someone you don't know. And they have a fantastic photograph of tiramisu they, scrolling up there on the, uh, the video menu. It is. I can see Jim salivating from here. <laughs> it's not really that difficult because you're right across the table from me. But, so. so, yes, we do, we do appreciate them letting us invade their space. For sure. Well, Ken, tell us. What's the theme of this week's episode? Theme? Yeah. I mean, we loosely have kind of a theme, an idea, the germ of a concept. We do? Yeah. Are you afraid to say it? No, no, not at all. I was just, just trying to be coy. That's all. Oh. <laughs> uh, we are doing... It's, it's, a, it's, a rather, it's a rather broad topic. Uh, we are doing non-rock and roll albums prior to 1970. You got it. You got it. Glad I remembered. Glad I wrote it down. I, uh, I came prepared this weekend. I did some research, prepared some notes. And I think... And I want you to know, I have none. Oh, okay. Well, the tables are turned this time, then. Um, I think what we're going to talk about today generally falls under the moniker of 
Middle of the Road, or M-O-R. And according to Wikipedia, Middle of the Road is any kind of music that falls between popular music and art music. It includes the work of serious composers who write in a lighter style. It can include such sub-genres as easy listening. And within easy listening, you can uh, devolve as far down as elevator and elevator music and Muzak. We're not going to go quite, yeah, quite that far. You lose me. You totally lose me. Easy <laughs> listening, uh, traditional pop uh, before, before the rock and roll era, orchestral ballads, show tunes. Um, there's even a subgenre called beautiful music. Apparently in that's the 40s... A, that's, that's, that's a bit of an assumption. Beautiful music. Uh, it employed a lot of string sections. Uh, and in the 40s and 50s, it was alternatively known as store casting. Apparently it was played in a lot of stores while people were shopping. It was, you know, the ultimate original background music. Um, I mentioned to you Jackie Gleason. Yes, you did. This, this, this... This came as, as a little bit of a sh- shock to me. It probably shouldn't have, but it still it caught me off guard. Okay, so apparently Jackie Gleason uh, had kind of a second career as um, he was involved with the production of these albums in some small way. Uh, the series was titled Jackie Gleason Presents. Uh, it was mood music, and apparently this is a quote from Jackie Gleason about what he thought uh, <laughs> the music should be. And I quote, Musical wallpaper that should never be intrusive but conducive. And I made a note here, one of the albums has a great title. It's the kind of music you would put on when you got a young lady, or a middle-aged lady, or an old lady, back to your apartment. You were trying to close the deal, and you would put on an album entitled Music to Change Her Mind. Because if the nicotine and the pills and the booze didn't do it, your last hope was music to change her mind. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, That's uh, it's like subliminal. For sure. I mean, just, just uh, again, to, to dispense with the, uh, the preliminaries and the definitions here, um, other types of middle-of-the-road music include space-age pop, exotica. Uh, apparently, when stereo records were first introduced, uh, there were just a number of records that were about, they focused on high fidelity and trying to exhibit the stereo effect. Um, uh, jet Set Pop. I'll say that again. Jet Set Pop. And uh, The New Sound. And uh, Sorry, The Now Sound. Wow, I messed that up. You'll have to edit that out. And there's no, there's no editing. Okay. You, you realize there's no editing on this podcast, right? Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> jet Set Pop or The Now Sound. And apparently The Now Sound uh, can be described uh, by the music of Herb Alpert in the Tijuana Brass. So let's drop the needle here just a little oh, bit. Oh, wait, wait, before we get there. Before we, before we get to Herb Albert. Yeah. If, if, I, if I may. Yeah, please do. If I may interject. Yeah, please do. <laughs> Two things. One, I, on, on, the, on the topic of Jackie Gleason. Yeah. Do, do, you know my favorite, do you know my favorite Jackie Gleason line from The Honeymooners? Um, it's not one of his prototypical you know, things he would say all the time. Uh, I might know it. Lay it on me, and I'll tell you if I know it. So and I'm, I'm starting to think that I might have imagined this because I have never been able to find it like on YouTube or anything. Okay. They're, him and Norton are going to, um, they belong to like a, like a moose lodge or something like that. And they're oh. going to a convention. And they're, they're on a sleeper car. Bunk beds. 
And, and let me guess. Norton says, uh, hey, Ralphie, mind if I smoke? <laughs> and, yeah, and, and the reply is, Norton, I don't care if you burn. <laughs> Sounds about right. I have not been able to find it, though. Maybe it doesn't exist. Now, we had also talked about coming up with our own terminology. I don't know if you remember this little text back and forth we had the other day. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm just going gonna, gonna to read a few of these. Yeah. So, um, so uh, the first one was uh, supermarket checkout line music. Oh, there you go. That, that yeah. goes along with the store yeah, casting you that are, I mentioned. You, you were in tune. Okay. Uh, softcore. <laughs> uh, prison yard music. With strings, <laughs> anything to subdue the uh, the restless natives. Restless, restless natives. <laughs> Supper club music. Yes, and music to smoke by. There you go. There you go. That perfectly falls in line with your Jackie Gleason quote. It only does. Cool. And we've come full circle. Good night, folks. <laughs> That's it. That's Shortest, it. Podcast Shortest podcast ever. ever. All right. So we're gonna drop the needle here on um, Herb Alpert album. Whipped Cream and Other Delights, uh, which is certainly one of the, the most iconic album covers ever. Uh, if you've never seen it, folks, just go check it out. Just Google it. I don't, I don't want to ruin it for you by no. trying to describe it. So this is uh, track one, side one. Just going to drop the needle. Just drop it. Have any idea what year this album was? Before 1970. We hope. We hope. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to say that um, you know you brought up the term e- easy listening. Yeah. And uh, just going to cut this back a little bit. Um, and I would have to say that just by the mere fact that this album belonged to my parents, as much as I love Herb Albert, I, w- I would probably have to put him in the easy listening category because my parents own this album. <laughs> okay, but that's something that I, that I was thinking about in preparing for this podcast. Um, generational things, certainly. Mm-hmm. But if you were you were alive when this album came out and you were of a certain age I mean what would what would today's equivalent be to this music like what would you be listening to today that would be the same as saying oh I love that Herb, Herb Alpert I gotta pick up that album that's a darn good question because in retrospect it seems corny cheesy which I don't think it is no, a, I, a lot of people you know, no no I don't think it is I don't think it is either but I'm just wondering back in the day what were your alternatives and was this really considered a, a corny and square and unhip thing to buy? No, I, I don't think it was. I mean, I think, I think Herb was highly regarded uh, musically. That's another thing about all of... Even though this stuff is easy listening, I mean, it was played by real musicians. Yes. It was composed by real composers. Yes. Unlike today, I mean, one guy can just sit in a room with his keyboard. And sample a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these were, in some cases, large-scale bands, professional musicians coming in and performing this stuff. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's not to be discounted. No, not at all. 
Herb Alpert. As I mentioned to you earlier, Herb Alpert is the A in A&M Records. Records. And as I also mentioned to you, A&M Records, future label of the police. And uh, check out what Stuart Copeland's brother did for a living. Check that out sometime. It's interesting. All right. So that's a little taste of Herb Alpert. And you were, you know, you you were mentioning the the professional musicians, folks. If if you've never seen the documentary on the Wrecking Crew, which if you haven't, what are you waiting for? I mean, stop listening to this podcast right now and go out and get it. Yes, um, but. It was a it was a cadre of, of professional musicians who played on at probably a, a every album of that day, including the next gentleman coming up, Glenn Campbell, being one of the uh, original members of the Wrecking Crew. Yeah, people people always get on the monkeys case about you know oh they didn't play their own instruments they didn't write their own music, but you know the reality back then was a lot of bands like even though the Beach Boys wrote their own music they didn't play their instruments on the albums. It was oh, the Wrecking Crew. It was, it was these session musicians, these phenomenal musicians that, that were playing on these albums. So you've probably heard them. If, you know, if you're a fan of music from the 60s and early 70s, you've heard these musicians and you probably don't even know who they are. So it definitely would, would behoove you to get that documentary. and, and The Wrecking Crew. Wrecking Crew. It's, it's, yeah. it's a phenomenal documentary. It's of course, if you go back to the days of Sinatra, Yes. Uh, he's a perfect example because Sinatra was just a singer. You know, and he was clearly not writing his own songs. He was performing songs, you know, that were standards from the great American songbook, quote unquote. Right. Uh, many of which he had previously recorded. You know, I think there are instances where he re-recorded the same song over and over again. No, there, there is. And I'm drawing a blank here, but I, I was listening to another podcast on that very same thing and they played like three different versions and what Frank would do was he would re-record it to fit the popular music of the time so there's actually like there's actually like a couple songs he's re-recorded like like when it was the late 70s he recorded it in a, in a disco vibe okay yeah. okay yeah and I actually had made some notes here because you know I know one of the I have a couple Sinatra albums and one of the things that did change was his backing orchestra mm-hmm. you know there was the Billy May Orchestra Neil Hefty who uh, he did the music for the Batman right. uh, TV show, uh, Count Basie, mm-hmm. and Nelson Riddle, which is probably you know the the, the most well known. Yes. I think li- at some point in the seventies, Linda Ronstadt did an album, yeah. maybe Nelson, even the eighties. Nelson Riddle did some music for the for Batman as well. Yes. Yes. Unless you're confusing him with the Riddler. No, 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 no. Nelson Nelson Riddle. I don't think he did the theme song, but he did. I think some of the the more uh, incidental music. Okay. But, but, you know, the point is that it was no secret that these musicians were not uh, writing their own songs. Right. They, were, they were merely interpreting them and performing them. And they had a, you know, it's a, it's a more modern conception that a band needs to be very genuine, you know, and they're not, they're not cool or hip or true if they don't write, record, and perform their own music. Uh, but pr- certainly prior to the mid-60s, probably, it was, it was just the thing mm-hmm. that most musicians were not doing that. Uh, they had the Wrecking Crew behind them. They had the Nelson Riddle Orchestra behind them. Right. And it was no secret. Um, but then you mentioned the Monkees, and they were kind of the tipping point because yeah. they were a fake band, but people didn't want them to be a fake band. You know, they wanted them to be a real band. And then 
after that is when yeah you got into all the art rock uh and the concept yeah. albums and the, the sad thing about the monkeys though is, is that even after they learned the songs and were able to play them themselves they still like never got cut any slack <laughs> yeah we could do an entire episode on the on the monkeys we could and, and maybe we will yeah yeah all right so what we have here is uh glenn campbell the album is by the time i get to phoenix and we're just going to drop the needle on side two, track four, a track titled you'll, You're Young and You'll Forget. <laughs> uh, and we picked this one because it's written by Jerry Reed. This is, uh, this is pre-smoking the band Jerry Reed, I imagine. Oh, definitely. So. I know that it will make you cry to find that I have gone. Didn't even say goodbye You'll hate me for a while Because I promised love And left you just regret I know that I could never be The kind of man that you Have in your mind of me Glenn Campbell's a a funny fellow Because maybe I'm just thinking of his character Joe Buck He's got like a country persona you're right but when you listen to him and certainly the tone of the music is not country yeah, yeah. a little bit of country. california country music. yeah modern really well, not even modern country but kind of like his own like little me, who's like the wind and must be free kind of like his own little niche of country urban country yes hollywood country but you hear the use of the strings yeah. in the background just one Los Angeles country. One woman and one town. So sad to part this way. For you're young mm. and you'll forget. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the uh, the genuineness. The genuineness of listening to vinyl. Will help you find the perfect man to really love you. And not a man like me who's like the wind. Again, maybe I'm just seeing images of, of him and Ratso Rizzo sitting in the back of a. <laughs> not Ratso Rizzo. Maybe just Ratso. Sitting in the back of a bus. This just sounds like bus station music to me. Yeah. Just one way of life, one woman and one town. So sad. He's a man on the move. Sounds almost like something that could be. For you're young and you'll forget. I could see this being like in a movie. They could have used this at the end of every episode of The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> it's not quite that sad. Well, in a, in a parallel universe where the Hulk was a more up-tempo <laughs> show. Where the Hulk-like country. <laughs> <laughs> the Incredible Country Hulk. <laughs> where are we going next, Ken? We are going to, uh, is it Booker T? It is, yeah. I want to say we were going to Motown, but I'm not even sure that he's uh, a Motown artist. But, uh, yeah, I mean, certainly, we didn't even mention this in the intro, but that's a whole other genre uh, that's not really rock, right? R&B... Right. Motown. Not necessarily a student of that kind of music, so I don't want to talk about it and sound too dumb, you know. But uh. it's called wisdom, Jim. 
Alright. This is uh, off the best of Booker T and the MGs. And uh, we'll go with a track called Green Onions, which I think is probably <laughs> one of the best known of his pieces. I dropped the needle in the wrong spot. It's going to be good nonetheless. Unless you want to change it. Well, I'm going to in just a second, okay. but I should mention that if you've seen the Blues Brothers, oh, yes. you know who played in this band. Do I know from the blue? No, the I'm not. Truck. I'm not. I am not that familiar. With, I mean, I know Steve oh, Crop, Steve Cropper, Steve Colonel Cropper, and Donald Duck Dunn. Donald Duck Dunn. Yep, they were of well, course part of the Blues Brothers band, but they were originally these uh, Stax record uh, guys here. And this is guaranteed to be a hit. All right, let's move it forward to Green. I apologize. Basic numerology, like the difference between two and three, eludes me. about this song? What's that? It reminds me of Give Me Some Money. Oh, sure. <laughs> well, that's the sound of that uh, organ. Yeah. Is that a Hammond organ? You know, it, it's yeah. got a very churchy vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. purveyors of what is now known as the Memphis Sound. I guess I was way off with Detroit and Motown, huh? Uh, no, just a little farther south. This song works I think this song works really well. It's, it's, it's a great song in and of itself, but you can use this really well with like TV and movies. Oh, sure. It's just a good vibe. I mean, it's actually my the show Homicide that I like. I remember they used this, a snippet of this in one of their episodes. Yeah. It's iconic. Yes. Probably one of those songs that appears in a lot of commercials, too. Yeah. I guess is it uh, I don't know. Does this fall like into con- does it fall like into common rights like music? Like I doubt it. What's the uh, what's should look that up. What 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 
what allows music to fall into the common rights category where you no longer need to pay royalties for it? Is it, is it it's a time frame, isn't it? Yeah, but I think at the end of a certain time frame, the, own, the copyright holder has the option to renew the copyright. Oh, okay. And if they let it lapse, then it probably falls into the public domain. Okay. But if they choose to renew it... Okay, no, I got you. Because isn't Happy Birthday technically still a copyrighted song? I had heard that. Yeah. I'm yeah. not sure that is. Because I think there's a reason that you don't see Happy Birthday being sung very often uh, in restaurants, as a matter of fact. I think that's why all those chain restaurants, a lot of them have had to come up with their own goofy version of Happy Birthday. I could be wrong. Well, i tell you what I'm going to do here. Yeah? You going to goggle it? Um, yeah, you know, because I do have a computer. Oh, is that what that is? That is. That's, oh. you know, it's amazing. Amazing what you can do. Amazing what you can do. Computer magic. Computer magic. There's a, uh, looks like there was a recent court case on this. Is recent as 2016, folks. Los Angeles. A judge has approved a settlement that will put Happy Birthday to you in the public domain. Oh, how about that? U.S. District Judge George King approved it in 2016. I guess there was something to it. Which ended the ownership claims of Warner Chappelle Music. You know, Dave Chappelle and me. No, me neither. See, I'm not always blowing smoke out my ass. No, no, you're not. No. Sometimes. We can usually tell though. Yeah, yeah. All right, have we heard enough of Booker T and the MGs? Sure. Okay, let's move on. So, folks, while he's uh, queuing up the next record, we were, uh, we were a little remiss. Uh, in uh, mentioning uh, one of our largest uh, and most famous sponsors who is uh, still completely completely unaware that they are our sponsor. Those are the best kinds of sponsors. Yeah, when, yeah. They, don't, when they don't realize it, it's the best. Very little meddling on the sponsor's part when they don't even know that yeah, they're sponsoring you. Yeah, you know, we don't, have them, we don't have them telling us what, you know, things to do with the podcast and, you know. They'd like to see more of this on the podcast. You know, it's, 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 it's almost like having a silent partner. Or they don't like us. <laughs> or they don't really want their name mentioned on the podcast. <laughs> or they intend to sue us unless we cease and desist. <laughs> yeah. Which so far hasn't happened. But uh, Reverend Guitars. Love Reverend Guitars. As do I. Jim and I, uh, we've been playing them for uh, probably uh, combined over 100 years now. Yeah. And of course, um, you know, I first heard about them uh, from the Reverend Jim Ignatowski. Oh, he he was playing one. He, well, listen when when Reverend Jim speaks, you listen because well he's hard to understand. But even E. F. Hutton if, listens when the Reverend Jim Ignatowski speaks. How many uh, reverends do you own now, Ken? I, I still only own the one. Uh, I'm uh, planning the, uh, the the new Air Sonic is on my radar. Though. I've got seventeen of them. Do you? Yeah. Do you now? Did they have babies? No, <laughs> little Reverend children. But they're all taken apart and scattered around the house, all except for one. And hidden? <laughs> yeah, like they're hidden so well that I can't even find them. So it's effectively almost like I only have one of them. I see. Um, but the truth is I have 17 of them. Uh, what do you like most about your reverend guitar? 
what's not to like? I love the tone. I love the bass contour. I, that is a, uh, that's a little, that's a little ec- added extra feature on their guitars. That, there are two things I really love about the Reverend. One, one is the mouth feel. Swish it around in your mouth. Let it roll over the back of the tongue. Are we still talking about guitars? We are. It's really quite pleasant. <laughs> and then the smell. The smell. I put mine in the shower with me. And when it gets wet, it just kind of exudes this very musical smell. So that's kind of why I like Reverend Guitar. I have to say, um, probably the two things I never expected to hear you say. No, no, no. <laughs> All kidding aside, though. Not that that was kidding. I was dead earnest. He was, no, listen, yeah. I know him. I've known Jim for quite some time. He's, has, he's got the serious face. Love the Reverend Guitar. Tell me more. The Air Sonic is on your radar? Air Sonic's on my radar. It's a... Um, it looks like a hollow body, but what it's, it's actually a, uh, I forget how they describe it, but the, the center piece of the guitar is solid, and the wings are essentially solid, but they have holes that, like, almost like F-holes that go all the way through. Okay. But, uh, yeah. So it's I mean, se- semi-hollow body. Yeah, I guess it would be semi. And uh, P90s. It's, it's their, their version of the P90s. Very nice, very nice. So that, that's on my that's on my radar. I, I, I would like that to be my next guitar. Good, but in all seriousness, we do love Reverend guitars, and yeah. we highly recommend them to any guitar player or non-guitar player who might be listening. Right. We are moving on to where are we at? Hank Williams. We're moving on to Hank Williams. Hank Williams. I mean, if you're going to say music that's not rock. Country is not rock. No, it is not. This is not Hank Williams Jr. Uh-oh. Oh, schmooks on there. All right. Got to get that schmooks off the record. So this being a country uh, album, I'd expect to hear some good lyrics about, you know, unfaithful women. Losing your dog, losing your truck. Yeah. Losing your house. Losing all of them to an unfaithful woman. <laughs> this track is titled Window Shopping. Hank doesn't strike me as the window shopping type. Window shopping. Just you're only looking around. I think window shopping is being used as a euphemism here you're for something else. Not you're I believe you're right. To find the best deal in town. Sounds like this could have been in where, Brother Where Art Thou. Oh, Brother Where Art Thou. He's heavy on the vibrato in his yes. voice. This is the kind of music that was being pumped out of some, you know, 50,000-watt antenna in Nebraska somewhere. Yes, and reached two homes a mile away. (laughs) Apparently there are uh, stories that in the old days of uh, the powerful AM stations, farmers reported that they could hear the music being uh, played by their barbed wire fences. I even remember reading something about this. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. And the music would play just as the flying saucers were landing. Right. 
surprised it wasn't coming out of their fillings. <laughs> my, my apologies to all our, our Midwest Flyer Free State listeners. <laughs> yeah, we've never been to Nebraska, so what do we know about it? Love your corn, though. Thanks for that. Much obliged. <laughs> You're not fine. And certainly, in the early days of country, it must not have had nationwide appeal. I mean, today you can go to any city anywhere in the U.S. and there's probably a country music station. Right. But I have to think that, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, it was very regionalized, very much a southern thing. I, I wonder if this even would have gotten airplay up here. Well, I think it's a legitimate point. And, and to that matter, I mean... Would the same be said of Motown? Like, was that regional? That's How far true. out of you know the Detroit area did that get? Initially, that's true. I mean, obviously it. it and if you think, you know, unfortunately, some level of, you know, yeah. Same. And if you think about the the times and the segregated nature of it, uh, yeah. I mean, someone in the South may have been as unlikely to hear Motown as someone in the North would have been unlikely to hear Hank Williams. Exactly. Today I tried to eat a steak with a big old tablespoon. You got me chasing rabbits, walking on my hands and howling at the moon. <laughs> I didn't know that was going to happen. That was completely accidental. Wasn't that? Yeah. Don't look. Don't look behind you. I won't. Someone have a gun to my head? No. No. Can I look to my side? You can look to your side. Yo, is this on? It is. Put some headphones on. A little Hank Williams. Jeff is Jeff. Folks, we've been uh, joined by Jeff Alardo, and uh, he seems nonplussed by the Hank Williams. Unfazed as well. You're actually doing vinyl this time. Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's supposed to be the idea with all these we, podcasts. We decided after after the Christmas episode we were actually going to do real vinyl. So we were no longer lying to people. <laughs> Anything you want to say about Hank Williams? That about covers <laughs> He plays a mean fiddle. That's not him. I'm taking it. He plays a mean fiddle. That's the fiddler. <laughs> We're talking today about non-rock music prior to 1970. Jeff is giving me some sign language, and I have no idea what he's saying. Was there a, somebody presently occupying this? No, 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 no. We were leaving that over for anybody, you know, in the car shop who wants to, uh, who wants to chime in if they wanted to. You're the first. <laughs> and more than likely the last. <laughs> yes. Dogish ways. Yeah, see? You got me chasing rabbits, picking out rings, and howling at the moon. <laughs> you want to uh, pause just and for And that, sir, was Hank Williams. We're going to pause for some uh, station identification. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Blah, 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 blah. So, say, Ken, uh, you like to take pictures, right? Love to take pictures. You consider yourself something of a photog, would you say? Yeah, I, I would say I'm a, an amateur photographer. I mean, nothing, nothing on the level of Bob Crane, mind you. Oh, no, no, he's a pro. Uh, but tell me, where do you like to go to have your film developed? You know, uh, whatever's, whatever's, uh, whatever's reasonably priced and fast. Like, you know, I, I, you know, I, dr- I try to shop around. Drugstore? Yeah, you know, I'll just do a drugstore. Maybe even go back to the camera shop? Yeah, they're a little expensive there sometimes, but yeah. You know, Ken, those are fine places to get your film developed, but, I mean, the drugstore and the camera shop, th- those places are so 1963. If you want to get... With <laughs> if you want to get with the, the jet set groove, if you want to be a now man listening to the now sound. Are you, are you saying I'm outdated? You, you, you need to get on board with our new sponsor. Okay. All right. Well, uh, listen, I'm, I, I'm anxious to hear about this. I mean, the days of, of going to the drugstore, the camera shop, or, or God forbid, mailing your film away to have it developed, th- th- those days are long behind us now. What if I told you that good pictures cost less in the parking lot? I'd say we have a new sponsor. That's right. The good folks at Photomat want you to know that the best place to get your film developed is at one of those cute little huts in the shopping center parking lot. You've seen them, haven't you? Oh, I've seen them. They look like a little sweat box from Da Nang, except with a very fetching yellow roof on top. Yes, the, the yellow is uh, does catch your eye. Well, Photomat wants you to know that for less than the price of a, a pack of Winston cigarettes, you can get quality film processing from the convenience of your own driver's seat. You, you know that new Carmen Ghia that you've got that you're always raving to me about? Yes, yes. Yeah. The one I've never showed you? <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah. Well, you would never have to leave the comfort of your little kraut car. That's right. The next time you're heading over to the Pantry Pride to pick up some sundries for the Knights Bridge game, just pull up to the Photomat Hut, where you'll be greeted by the friendliest mongoloid high school dropout you've ever met. She is just one of the thousands of highly trained Photomat technicians that are stationed in the suburban asphalt heat islands all across America that make this country such a wonderful place to live. Whether you're shooting 35mm or 126, and who isn't, Photomat can get your photos developed more quickly than you'd ever imagined was possible. I mean, Ken, tell me this. Can you imagine that you could snap a picture today, and in only three days' time, you'll be able to see that picture that you took? I don't believe it. It's incredible, isn't it? It's just another of the many benefits that you and I enjoy as proud Americans living in the space age. Even George Jetson can't get his film developed any faster or better than what Photomat can do for you today. And Photomat wants you to know that for a limited time only, visit them and mention promo code VINYL next time you drop off your film, and you'll receive a five-cent discount on your order. That is huge savings. Just think of how much gasoline you can put into the tank of that little Führermobile of yours for five cents. How much bread I can buy. A lot of bread. A lot of bread. Not even the black kind. (laughs) Photomat, folks. You know, three days is amazing. I don't think we will ever see film and pictures developed for yourself developed for you faster ever no no Uh, i'm also trying to work on uh, getting a sponsorship from remington typewriters Ooh, yeah i hear they're up and coming i hear they are yes um they haven't gone electric yet 
Much like Bob Dylan, they haven't gone electric yet, but uh, it's okay. I, I think the days of electric typewriters are far into the future. I think, and you know what? In all honesty, it's going to be a fad. Yeah, yeah. So let, let, let's enjoy um, photomat and leaded gasoline as long as we can. That's right. All right, right. folks, we're uh, we're going to be moving on to the uh, to the main dish here. Main dish. Main dish. We um, we're going to do something we've never we haven't done this before. Uh, we're we're going to listen to an album cold. All of a sudden, I'm chilly. Yes. Well, we turned down. We turned down the heat. Where's the uh, the oh, record the record sleeve? The record sleeve is, uh, is uh, right behind me. I'm going to get this for you. Okay. Here you go, sir. Carefully pass that over. To so the conceit here, what we're doing is Ken has purchased a record from Grooveground. From here at Grooveground, and uh, we are going to listen to it and comment on this never before heard collection of music. So what Ken has gotten for us here is. Best of the legendary song stylists. The great popular vocalists sing the great new standards. And uh, apparently the record label is Creative Products. Sounds like they made modeling clay and... Airplane glue and... Widgets. <laughs> corn cob holders. And they released this album, apparently. The styrofoam blocks that you put fake flowers into. <laughs> All that stuff. Yes. That stuff is really great sprinkled on some Ovaltine. Oh, is it? It's delicious, yeah. It's, wow. Yeah. Wash it down with a cup of Sanka. <laughs> Sanka in me. It's caffeine free. A cup, a cup. You do a, cup, a little of that and you're in jet set heaven, my friend. All right, so we're going to drop the needle on uh, side one of the legendary song stylists. Here we go. Watching the ships rolling. Then I watch them roll away again. Glenn Campbell. Glenn Campbell again, folks. I'm sitting on the dock of the bay. Watching the tide roll. Doing uh, an Otis Redding track, yeah, so right? Yes, putting his own spin on, the dock of on an Otis bay. Redding classic. Wasting time. Talk about being like a genre bender here. He's doing, you know, a black song in, in a urban country style. Well, hey, you know, good music is good music. A lot of different instruments going on here. I was just about... You read my mind. It happens sometimes. You were inside my mind as usual. <laughs> One thing that I do like about older music like this is you get a different palette of, uh, of instruments. Right. Different orchestration. Um, I like drums, guitar, and bass as, as much as the next guy. But sometimes I just get tired of it. And it's, yeah. it's refreshing to hear this. Yeah. And um, I, I agree with you 100%. And the other thing I love about this the music from this time is they were very good about each, each player, each instrument was very good about playing their instrument in a way that does not get lost in the mix. Sure. You know, you know they're, they, they sit in their own pocket on the scale. Well, that's probably because you had some kind of a musical director or right. producer overseeing all this. 
but it's like even though there's a lot of different instruments going on at the same time you can hear them you can pick them out and you can appreciate what they're playing one of the things i always had like when you would see a band like a big band playing and you'd see a guitar player there and they're playing something you know but you i don't think they're faking but you can't hear them and you love that no i don't like that Oh. <laughs> Track two is How Insensitive by Nancy Wilson. This is not Nancy Wilson from Heart, by the way. I'm, I'm glad you clarified that for me because. I'm actually going to have. I don't know. Anything about Nancy Wilson? No, I don't. So, using the power of technology. There's a photo on the album of her hugging a feather boa. I'm going to say Nancy Wilson, jazz singer, is probably the one to go with. On the drop-down list on Google. Okay. Ah, flute. Something you definitely don't hear anything of anymore. Oh, look who we have here. What can you say? Paul Lawrence. Paul, how you doing? Right. Good to see you again. Paul, Paul's all sweaty. We are doing a podcast. We are doing our podcast. Yeah. You're more than welcome to join, join us. us. Okay. I saw your truck and I walked outside. All right. Nancy Wilson, born February 20th, 1937. Died. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no, uh, date of passing. With the memory of his life. What is this? All right. So you go, girl. They More than 70 albums, three Grammy Awards. That's not a good batting average, is it? I see it still. Sorry. Uh, no, just to go back to the flute, though. I mean, wait, wait, hold on. Just, just, and known as a consummate actress and the complete entertainer. Wow. Uh, flute. Yes, flute. I mean, where do you hear the flute anymore? Zamfir. That's a pan flute, though. That is a pan flute. I don't think that's the same thing. Um, um, Jethro Tull. Yes. Yeah, that's about yes, it. That's about it. But uh, it's a delightful instrument. It is. You just don't hear enough of it. What was I to do? What can you do? I'm getting very breathy there. What a love What's the name of the song? How insensitive. So in addition to it's Oh, she had her own she had her own uh, NBC series, the Nancy Wilson show. Which won an Emmy? appeared on many television shows like I Spy, Hawaii Five-0, Police Story, The Jack Parr Program, the Sammy Davis Jr. Show. How about Sanford and Son? Hold on. There's a lot. There's a big list here. Carol Burnett. Uh, we've moved on. While you research her a little more, this is Matt Monroe, someone I've never heard of, doing Strangers in the Night. Wondering in the night. Is it Matt Monroe? Matt Monroe, without an E on the end. We'd be sharing love. 
before the night was In his picture here, he's wearing a skinny tie and a fat head. Something in your eyes. That was him back then. He was looks like so um Something in your Who was the guy from Emergency T? So Kevin T. Something looks like Kevin looks like Kevin Teague and Jonathan Winters put together. Oh, okay, that, I see that. Yeah. That has nothing to do with the music, of course. He's uh, got a Tony Bennett thing going on. He's like a low-budget Tony Bennett. English singer. Became one of the most popular entertainers in the international music scene during the 60s and 70s. Known as the man with the golden voice. Wow. Sounds like a rejected James Bond title. <laughs> no, no, no. Golden voice? No, that's not going to believe a man with a smooth voice is going to take on 007. <laughs> Blimey. For strangers in the night. And here come the strings. All music has described Monroe as one of the most underrated pop vocals of the 60s who possessed the easiest, most perfect baritone in the business. Or in the biz, as they said. As they said. Now here's a question. You've gone back to your apartment it's late at night. You're nuzzling on the couch with your... Sweetheart. For me, it could be my, you know, could be my, could be my dog. <laughs> you're doing something on the couch, and you're playing some records. Yes. And every, let's say you're playing albums. Every 15 minutes, you got to get up and flip the album over. I mean, that's gonna cramp your style. So, are you gonna flip over to the radio, or is it really important that you get one of those? The, the stack thing where you can stack 12 records yeah I mean I, I you know I, I'm sure people like Richard Dawson had stack records yeah yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking I'm sure. I mean you can't just say you know like um, hey Alexa you know no hey Alexa turn that record off yeah it not work that way no <laughs> unless you had a maid named Alexa <laughs> Peggy Lee call me by Peggy Lee Peggy Lee is a very attractive woman, by the way. She stayed attractive looking well into her later years. She's very swinging and jazzy, kind of. Real name, Norma Dolores Eggstrom. Swedish. As a vocalist with the uh, Benny Goodman big band. Interesting. That kind of parallels uh, Sinatra. He started out just as a, a vocalist, kind of a featured vocalist with the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra. Right. Before he broke off and became a thing on his own. She wrote music for films, acted, recorded conceptual record albums that combined poetry and music. Skiddly, wow, wow, I give you jazz in iambic pentameter. To be or not to be swinging. 
Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou hep cat Romeo? I can listen to this kind of music almost all the time. It's just up-tempo enough, but it's not frenetic. Makes you want to groove. I'll tell you, I like... I, I agree with you. I can listen to it all the time, too, but what... When I really, when I like it most, it's when I'm getting ready, like if I'm going to something formal. Ooh. You're putting on your spats? Yes. Yes. We're spanks. <laughs> you know, I got, I got a little midsection, hey. so I got to keep that in. But, I hear you. But, uh, no, you know, I, 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 was 17. I have the, uh, when I'm shaving, it was a you know, I have, you know, I have the brush year. and then I have the shaving soap. Old school. Old school. Yeah. I have this music playing. I love it. It's, it's, it's kind of almost a ritual. We would hide from the light. Smoke a pipe while you're shaving? No. No, that gets in the way. I'm not that coordinated. That's why you need to have a uh, Van Dyke. Because ah. you can keep the pipe in your mouth right. and just shave all around it. When he was 21... This is Lou Rawls doing It Was A Very Good Year. Another song famously done by Frank Sinatra. Certainly in a different style. Is this the now sound? It's got that uh, baritone sax in the background. Such a distinctive voice. The drums sound like fireworks going off. When he was thirty-five, how to mute it, trumpet. You know, I, I brought up like, the term supper club music as you know, an alternative, but the reality is, is I wish there was supper club. A supper club. Yeah. Even if it wasn't a supper club every night of the week, like even if like like if it was like a Jiffy Lube a couple nights of the week, and then <laughs> not not quite, not quite that far off, but, <laughs> but like if they did, if they did like. On Friday nights, and now he thinks of his life you know, they ran it like a supper club. They had a comedian open up, and then, you know, followed by a musical act. Yeah. Um, and then, sad, you know, Saturday night they could do something different. You know, but would be, it would, I think it would work. I think it would, I think it, it would have its audience to keep it going. Yeah. Maybe not here, maybe more in the city, but... You know, this album here makes me think that compilation albums, they don't really happen too much anymore. No. I mean, what ties all these artists together, except maybe that they were all on the same recording label? Well, that's probably it. Hey, that's the end of side one. End of side one. Well, folks, we got to pay the bills again, which means uh, another word for our sponsor. 
Jim, you were a, you were just kind of mentioning this earlier to me. I was I was going to ask you, you know, if you, if you ever get that rundown feeling. Oh, Ken, let me tell you. I mean, I like the wisdom that comes with uh, with older age, but I do not like the the lack of energy. That comes yeah, with I it. I agree with you. I totally agree with you. Is there anything I can do? Well, I was. It's amazing. Yes. Did you ever stop to think? You might have tired blood. No. Yes. Yeah, I've never stopped to think that. Well, you should. Uh, I've thought that my hair was tired. I thought my saliva was a little lacking in get up and go, but never really gave too much thought to my blood. Yeah, yeah. And apparently it's, 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 it's more pervasive than people think. You know, the same scientists and doctors that have confirmed that smoking is good for you. Yeah, those, also, those, have, those are my doctors. Yes, they're everyone's doctors these days. <laughs> they're, they've determined that everyone, everyone on the planet has type blood. I, I believe everyone. that. I mean, we're all humans. Everyone. So, um, you know, and it's like, uh, you know, you know, it could be that, it could be that, that person in, in New York working to, they just don't have that edge to close that deal for that Fifth Street, you know, account that they, that, that, that yeah. they're responsible for. Yeah. You know, they, uh, you know, or, or, or co- people having trouble keeping their house clean or in order, they just want to take naps all the time. Or, you know, maybe you don't have the same vim or vigor in the bedroom. I mean, well, it's probably something else but it could be tired blood too it could be could be so um the only treatment for this epidemic there's only one thing you can do for it is it pills or or liquid tonic liquid tonic yes well, the only tonic i have at home is my hair tonic yes well this is uh, a little different uh is it a liniment no, no no is it a salve no no it's a what is it it's a, it's geritol geritol yes i've yeah. never heard of this before uh it's 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 new. It's, uh, it hasn't been around long. But um, did you know that it has twice the iron found in twenty pounds of calf's liver? Twenty pounds of calf's liver. Yes. Wow. Yes. My, my butcher is going to be upset when I stop buying calf's liver from him. Yes. You you'll feel on top of the world after taking it for just one day. One day. Just one day. So what are you waiting for, folks out there? Not you, Jim. I mean, we got a show to do, but. Uh, out there, I don't know what you're waiting for, but go, go talk to your doctors. They, they can't all be wrong. I mean, some of them could be, but yeah. all of them? No, definitely not. The odds are low. So once again, that's Geritol for tired blood. I'm gonna make a note here, Ken. That, thanks very much for that public service announcement. I'm gonna get in touch with the folks at Photomat and see if they would consider starting to sell Geritol in the Photomat hub. See, drop off your film, pick up your your Geritol for the week. Pick up your pictures. Yeah. Pick up your blood. Yes. So, uh, oh, wait, wait, hold on. There's a little disclaimer here. Oh. I guess I should read. Uh, always consult your doctor before taking your medication. Uh, any side effects are purely coincidental and unrelated to Geritol. Geritol and its subsidiaries are not responsible for real or suspected side effects. That all sounds very normal and above board. And very, yeah, very, no, no. I, I, hey, listen. Very litigious in a perfectly American way. We're, uh, and we're proud to have Geritol sponsoring us. Proud. All right. Well, now that uh, we feel like old people, let's listen to some old people music. <laughs> this is side two of the legendary song stylists. Alexa, play side two. <laughs> talk about it. Talk about it. The lady, Wow. This is taking us to the Copacabana. 
there's a, there's a real juxtaposition between the singing and the bat and the music to me. Yeah, it's almost like the singing is just on top of the music. Right, but not necessarily going with the music. It's like two different songs together. Okay, this is There Will Never Be Another You by Sandler and Young. And am I right in saying that one of those two was a guest on the Gilbert Gottfried podcast? Uh, they might have both been on Okay. Yeah, the music's got that kind of Latin thing going on. Yes. That was a big deal. Uh, you know, the bossa nova and the samba making its way into jazz, for example. Belgian-born Tony Sandler. There you go. He was the guy that was on Gilbert. Yeah. And native New Yorker Ralph Young. That was a mercifully short song. It was. Oh, Ken, even you can guess this one. Unforgettable. I... That's what you are. I, I tell you, I, call it whatever you want. Easy listening, whatever. Just, just a great voice. I mean, it's smooth, warm. Like a song of love. Great. I mean, to me. I mean. Almost literally warm to me. Like, like if, if I would, if I would put this on in the winter time, I would feel warm. It's like chestnuts roasting on an open yeah. fire. Yes. In a way, you almost can't imagine this voice being set against any other kind of music. No, no, no. Certainly, certainly, he's not going to be doing death metal. Now we mentioned that extreme. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could see that. Yeah. You know, I made a brief reference earlier to elevator music. Mm-hmm. Now, you could take this same song, strip the vocal off, and really water down the instrumentals. And this could become elevator music. It could. But in this incarnation here, it's, it's very far darling, It's incredible that someone... Look at his vibrato. It sounds kind of... What about to say probably sounds kind of odd. His vibrato to me is, is very smooth. <laughs> oh, he's not overdoing it. He's not it, overdoing it, exactly. You're hearing like a uh, vibes or a xylophone. Right, yes. And a harp, I believe. Again, just various instruments. You need more of this. Yes. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to say right here, right now, the next big rock and roll band will incorporate harps. You've laid down the gauntlet. Stone Cold Lock. (laughs) Unforgettable in every yeah, this I could listen to all day and all night as well. Yeah. And forevermore. That's how you stay. This kind of music probably doesn't play well over the radio. 
That's why Too much loud and soft. Hmm. You don't hear a dynamic music like That's this played on the radio. No. It's something you got to be able to pump out over the car stereo speakers. It's a shame. Unforgettable too. I have no way of knowing if this is the definitive recording of this song by him or if it's just one of several versions of it right. that he did. Though it sounded pretty. Pretty top notch? Pretty on the mark. Oh, it's been From such a long, long what we got now there, Jimmy? This is Misty Blue, sung by Ella Fitzgerald. I know Ella Fitzgerald as much more of a jazz singer, and this this does not sound jazzy to me. This is very easy listening. Yes. Ella has her own website. Ella.com. Thirteen Grammys. Kennedy Center Performing Arts Medal of Honor. The one that uh, oh, it's been such was famously known for scatting. Looks like off my mind. Oh, but I can't just the thought um, of you turns my whole world a misty blue. But I can't trying to find just that. Of you turns well. my don't forget to enjoy the music while you're looking at it. This I can oh, multi it's been such a long, long time. Looks like I get you off my mind. Oh, but I can't just the thought of you. Ella Fitzgerald is generally considered to be one of the greatest scat singers in jazz history. Here she's doing a very pedestrian presentation of Misty Blue. Ooh, sorry. Man, leading with the strings on this track. So Dino. Lonely and then Dean Martin. You came out of nowhere. He's overdoing it a bit like on this vocal. A little bit. Dean Martin overdoing it? Is that even cold, possible? <laughs> cold Depends on how many drinks he'd had in him before he laid down his vocal line. Warm were your lips. 
Out there. Hearing some more uh, flute back there, I think. On the ski trail. Where your kid. Well, he's not slurring his words, so he can't be that much in, in, the, in the bag on this one. A weekend in Canada. You know, when uh, the synthesizer came along, it must have put an awful lot of working musicians out of, out of work. Yeah, you think? Yeah. I mean, there had to be a, a veritable army of musicians on call to lay down these sessions. I found a love that I couldn't ignore. I guess the question becomes is, uh, down came the sun. How many people are actually going fast? How many people are growing up and pursuing that as a career at the same time? But I agree, initially, initially it would have put a lot of people out of work. Sure. Yeah. Down, 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 down came the sun. Fast, 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 fast. Sound of that jazz double bass. I knew as the sun set from that day we'd never part. Down, 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 down it came with the sun. Hey, you know, I think it's important. Anyone who would dismiss this music as being fast, square, fast, uncool, fast, old people's music, their grandparents' music, uh, they're missing out. They are indeed. you got to open your eyes, and your mind, and your ears. I mean, from that day, I mean, I guess if you're a kid, even an early teen, and you're like that, I mean, I, I guess I can't. We never part. I don't. Want to, I don't. Want to use, I don't want to say I can't fault you. I can. I can understand if at that age you feel that way. But when you get to be Geritol age, like exactly. We are. I mean, I, I think at some point you have to grow up, uh, for lack of a better word, grow up, and and appreciate it this for what it is. All right, we're gonna end strong. Last track, side two. Judy Garland. She sounds like she's standing in the back of a bus and the microphone is up in the front of the bus? Yes. That's really weird. Yeah, that's interesting. Huh. Does it say on there when this when this version was recorded? does not.
Maybe this was considered one of the poorer renditions of this song, so yeah. they said, sure, go ahead and put it on that trashy compilation album. <laughs> what do we care? Who's on there? Len Campbell? Uh, yeah, put it on there. It's a far cry from the little girl who sang this in The Wizard of Oz. Yes. So apparently she, uh... She got messed up on pills? Well, unfortunately we all know that story. No, she performed it until her death in 1969 and she performed it with, without altering it, singing exactly as she did for the film. She explained her fidelity by saying that she was staying true to the character of Dorothy and to the message of really being somewhere over the rainbow. I think being over the rainbow meant something different to her yes. in her later years. Wow. The word maudlin comes to my mind. Big finish. All right. Ken, I'll tell you, you picked All right, Judy, we got to record that over. Uh, we couldn't really hear you well. <laughs> you picked a doozy there, Ken. That's what I aim to do. On the Creative Products recording label. So, any final uh, thoughts there, Jim? You mean final thoughts or vinyl thoughts? Ooh, I like that. I like that. We'll have to we'll have to copyright that. Uh, no, I mean probably some of my thoughts are not to forget some of what we mentioned here. That uh, need to do a Rat Pack episode. Yes. Probably even an entire episode devoted to the monkeys. Yes. Um, we sidestepped jazz entirely in this discussion of non-rock music prior to 1970. We uh, did, but I, I would like to... But that was on purpose. It was, it was on purpose. I mean, I don't think either of us can really say that we're jazz heads. No, we're not. But we, we appreciate it. We appreciate it, exactly. So uh, that, that'll be uh, fodder for a future episode. Uh, no. I guess, uh, you know... Wonderful venue. Thanks to all the people who uh, sat in on the microphone with us. I didn't expect that fervid of a response. No, no. I mean, literally, we had to, uh, you know, we had to, we had to have a, a queue set up. We had to fight them off. <laughs> Quite literally. Actually, uh, once we wrap up with the recording here, Ken's probably going to have to stitch me up. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Uh, it was, it was I, it I was, incurred some injuries. There was hair there. It was. It, I, I. I know now what. Uh, <laughs> What um, Martin and Lewis must have experienced. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah. I it, mean, at the height of their popularity, uh, I imagine it was. It. I would imagine it was exactly like that. All right. Well, have have we taken care of all of our sponsorship? We have for the time business? being. Until next time. 
But yeah. uh, I do want to thank uh, Grooveground again Absolutely. for letting us uh, invade their space here and, and take over a small section of the uh, coffee shop. And um, Who was the gentleman that we displaced so we could put these two tables together? That was uh, Mike. Thanks to Mike. Thanks, Mike, for, uh, yes, uh, getting up and uh, finding another place to sit. <laughs> Ken owes you a coffee. And um, as usual, uh, you can find us in many different formats. We are on iTunes. We are on our own uh, podcast. You, you can get on our own website. Uh, we have a website? We do. What are we? Uh, it is uh, otravp.wordpress.com. Awesome. I am cheap. I did not get a, an officially sanctioned name. Maybe in the future that will uh, change. But uh, if you go there, you can uh, you can check out all our podcasts that we've done in the past. We can uh, you can send us uh, comments, questions, suggestions for future episodes, or hate mail. Whatever you uh, whatever you want to do. Hate mail. Listen, for I sure. I would. Considering we have gotten no mail, I would appreciate even the hate mail at this point. <laughs> Any mail is good mail. Any mail is good mail. Even bad mail. All right, folks. So on that note, we're going to wrap it up here. And uh, we will uh, be back sometime in the cosmic future. Absolutely. So signing off from uh, sometime prior to 1970. We'll, uh, we'll rejoin you in the current milieu. And time. Yeah. That too. Yeah. For sure. Ken, it's been a pleasure as always. Always a pleasure. Ta-ta. Ta-ta for now.